It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With the Buckeyes facing the Badgers tonight for the second time this season, this seemed like the perfect time to bring in an analyst from the Big Ten Network to break things down. Trey Demps from the Big Ten Network is with us to talk about tonight's game, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Also touch on Malachi Branham, EJ Liddell, and other Buckeyes that have emerged during this season. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a lot of fun basketball talk in this episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday, January 13th in the year 2022, and today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. We are here today with Trey Dimps from the Big Ten Network. He also played for the Northwestern Wildcats. We were talking a little bit off air about his playing days and what it was like playing Ohio State when he was a Wildcat. Trey, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm happy to be on here. I'm doing well. I'm ready for this game tonight. Ready to talk. Ready to watch some more Ohio State basketball. They had a few games off. It seemed like they were off for a month, but now they're back in full swing, adding games to the schedule. This year's team is fun, but it sounds like there was a time when you played Ohio State that wasn't fun on the court. What are some things that pop off in your mind when you think about playing Ohio State when you were a Wildcat? Yeah, man. So when I played. You know, Ohio State had dogs on the defensive end, especially at the guard position. You think about, obviously, Aaron Kraft, one of the all-time greats. And then, you know, a lot of people didn't talk about how important Shannon Scott was to those teams. So playing against those two guys, having them guard you, pick you up full court, man, it was a nightmare. The thing, man, that was probably one of the uh, hardest things for me playing was the fact that you guys always had athletic bigs like Amir Williams, um, struggling to think of the other ones, but man, you guys always had some bigs that would get out on those ball screens. So I was a player who loved to play out of ball screens, pick and roll actions. And so I would never get anything. So I always shot a low percentage, even if I had, you know, decent amount of points. So Ohio State was always a team that I struggled to play against. But yeah, this year's team, man, man, offensively, they're, they're the real deal. Yeah, they are the real deal. I was looking at some of your numbers here quickly. The first time you played Ohio State, you had 16 points, um, shot 6 of 12 from the field. You shot 50% or above 50% when you played them your, I think it was your second year on the team, second or third, no, your, your third year on the team. I think you, did you rest shirt your, your freshman year? Yeah, I, re- I had a uh, shoulder uh, injury. I had shoulder mm-hmm. surgery. Okay. So you, you had 55, you shot 55% in February of 2014. But then you talked about kind of the struggles you had. You, your very last year, first game against Ohio State, Seven points, shot three of 17 from the field. You played him again about a month later, 14 points, but shot three of 13 from the field. I think we're seeing kind of those struggles that they had, those athletic bigs, Aaron Kraft, all those guys there kind of brought some struggles to you while you're on the basketball court. Nah, no question, man. Like, yeah, that last year, especially, 
I don't think Aaron was there my last year, but no, no, probably not. Um, I'm trying to think. It was, I believe, Shannon Scott. Maybe I, I forgot who was there my last year, but yeah, I mean, defensively, when I was there, they were always just intact. You know, Thad Mata was a great defensive coach, so they were always a team that I struggled against. But man, those numbers, man, those those aren't if you if you if you followed Northwestern basketball, that three of seventeen, four of eighteen, like that wasn't something that was uncommon, man. I'm the all time leader in missed shots. At Northwestern history, so that's my claim to thank, claim to fame. Excuse me. So it's not something that was uncommon for me, man. I love to get them up. I got to tell. Sounds like it. All-time leader in missed shots. That's something that you can wear proudly. I, I got my shots up. They didn't always go in, but I was still shooting like I was on the. I playground. need like a trophy or a T-shirt or something, honestly. But I'm sure they, I'm sure they can get something for you real quick. Just make a phone call. You'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> This year's basketball team, though, Ohio State-wise, you mentioned their offensive firepower and how good they are offensively. What are some things you like when you're watching this team play? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to not mention first the emergence of Malachi Branham. I mean, here's a guy who was only in double figures, I believe, like one out of his first nine or ten games. And now, all of a sudden, he's been in double figures every game, obviously starting with that Nebraska game. But that just gives you a, a threat on the perimeter, right? I think one of the storylines in the Big Ten in, in general is the fact that there's just not a ton of threats on the perimeter. Obviously, it's a conference that's dominated uh, with, you know, elite big men. But having a guy on the perimeter that can knock down shots, you know, be efficient from the field, create off the bounce a little bit. It opens up everything for a guy like EJ Liddell. So I think that's, I mean, as of late, what has really helped um, the Buckeyes. And they're a fun team to watch when you have that inside-outside threat. So I've been really impressed with them thus far. I know the Indiana game was a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. um, but even, you know, a few games ago when they come back against Nebraska, EJ Liddell only shoots 2 of 14 from the field, and you still find a way to win that game. You know, that's really impressive. That was one thing early in the season I was kind of nervous about was who was going to step up without Justice Suing on the basketball court. Zed Key had some big games, played very well against Duke, but then mm -hmm. he kind of slowed down and he kind of was – I think he kind of emerged a little bit early on, just couldn't keep that firepower and consistency going. But seeing Branham kind of step up and be that second scorer, that go-to guy that Ohio State can utilize to kind of create and utilize the mid-range and angles so well, that really complements and assists E.J. Liddell – and him being the leader on the team, because I think he just had, I think he had a single-digit point game coming just recently. But Branham's like, hey, if you if you ain't got it, I got you. And that's that's something that I think Chris Holtman, even in his absence, is like, if I'm not here, these guys are going to play harder for me. And Branham's mm -hmm. a guy we can trust right now to kind of be that second leading scorer for the Buckeyes. Yeah, and the, and the crazy thing about Branham, right, I, I truly believe – he watched like a guy like Johnny Davis, right? Okay. Same build, you know, same kind of skill set in terms of, a, you know, lengthy, athletic, um, you know, smooth stroke, all that. But the thing that's really uh, that Malachi Branham has really gotten to over these last few games, that mid-range game, right? Just, mm -hmm. you know, going down uh, downhill full speed and then getting to that mid-range and shooting over the top of defenders because, you know, he's playing like the two or three, so he has the size advantage on a lot of the guys that are guarding him. And so he's able to kind of come off those ball screens or, you know, closeouts and then just stop on a dime and be able to knock down that mid-range. And that's kind of what Johnny Davis's bread and butter has been all year, too.
there's a mid-range game, obviously, like analytically, you know, people don't like it. But if you have a certain build and you have a certain kind of skill set and you're still able to get to that, it's a good shot. It's a great shot for you. I just think it's not great shots for guys like myself who are, you know, 6'3", undersized guard. But for a guy like Malachi Branham, long arms, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, I don't know exactly how tall he is, but it's, it's a great shot for him. And he's really found like a bread and butter with that. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture? You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on ncaa head to netsuite.com slash locked on ncaa for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses netsuite.com slash locked on nc 2a it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We're here with Trey Demps from the big from the Big Ten Network. Trey, you talk about the mid-range game, and a lot of guys, basketball players, have gone away from that. I know the analytics that some people that people utilize, they'll say take the three-point shot or go all the way to the hole for the layup. But that 15 to 18-foot jump shot mid-range, even get in the 10 to 12-foot floater, that's gone away. Do you think we're going to see a re-emergence or an emergence of that once again in basketball, college, going into the pros? I think it all depends on who you are as a player. I think I don't like when it's such like a standard, like we got to get threes or laps, mm-hmm. you know, where it's such an absolute. Right. I think that's a big mistake. And I think that, you know, we saw it at the NBA level. I know they eventually let Russell Westbrook kind of get to this mid range more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like when Chris Paul was there, they always wanted him to shoot more threes when he was the yeah. Rockets. And, you know, the Rockets are big on analytics, which I'm not opposed to it but i think if you have that skill set and you've proven it or if you have the athletic features right to be able to get to that mid-range and knock it down at a consistent rate by all means i think you should shoot it i think it was more so for like the smaller guards you know who don't have as much size they're coming off ball screens a lot of times teams will play flat and then you know you have a 6 10 6 11 guy with put his hand up and you're six, one, six, two coming off that ball screen. I think people were saying, you know what, when you come off that ball screen, just shoot the three instead of going more downhill and shooting that mid range. So I think that's maybe where it stemmed from a little bit, 
But a guy like Branham, you know, he has the size, he has the touch, and he's been extremely, extremely efficient with the mid-range. So I expect him, for him, Johnny Davis, you know, even a guy like Keegan Murray, for those guys to kind of have that bread-and-butter mid-range game. Is EJ Liddell one of the better players – excuse me. Is he one of the top three players in the Big Ten you've seen so far this year? Man, I had, to, I had to raise the stakes just a little bit. He's played so well. Oh, man, you're going to get me in trouble on here, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Top three? I personally don't think so. Okay. And here's why. Because I believe, first of all, I guess first of all, it depends on what you're looking for, right? Are you looking for long-term potential talent, like a guy like Jaden Ivey, or are you looking at the right now? I think the right now the best player in the Big Ten is Kofi Coburn. I just think he's dominant. He, you know, you can't really stop him from getting to what he wants to do. He gets deep position. He can finish with the right and the left. He's improved his free throw shooting. So to me, that's the best player in college basketball. And then I would put Johnny Davis at two. Okay. Just because his star power, he's clutch. Um, he's efficient. You know, he can kill, he can score at all three levels. Um, you know, he's kind of come on as the surprise of the Big Ten. And, you know, they're going to play the Buckeyes. Um, come. But at three, for me, I would put Keegan Murray. I Above Jay Knight. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think you know, he's a leading scorer in the country. I just love yeah. how many easy baskets he gets. He gets easy okay. baskets and he plays hard. You know, yes. a lot of superstars don't play as hard as Keegan Murray does. So for me, that's my third best player. I would definitely put EJ Liddell in the top five or six, maybe. Okay. I would have him around there. But I mean, obviously, an unbelievable talent, an unbelievable player, though. That's respectable. And I, I, I went top three on purpose because I think top five would have been a little bit too easy. I wanted to raise the stakes. I, I've seen people say he's a player of the year candidate and all these high accolades so early in the season. I don't like to go that far that early just yet. Um, I just think there's – once we get into, like, the middle of January, like, towards mid, like this part of the month and then towards the end, I might start to formulate what I think is the player of the year or yeah. or top of the Big Ten. But I think when it, it, they were saying this stuff in December, I'm like, we've played, what, five games? You're already saying player of the year. Like, right. let's just pump the brakes a little bit. He's good. He's really good. I've always I've, – I've learned to love and learn to appreciate more his use of angles. Talk about use of angles with Branham. E.J. Liddell's using angles, and he's using it sometimes at the three-point line, but not shooting threes. He's using them to get down to the block and to seal off his man, get that get that ball down in the post, or just to shoot that fadeaway jumper or the mid-range, where he's he's put so many more tools into his bag. He's been so hard to stop this year. Yeah, and I think you touched on all of it. He's, he's an intelligent player, right? He's a very, very intelligent player. You could tell he's a guy who watches a ton of film, right? Because – like you said, when he catches the ball, he has his go-to moves. He has the moves that he knows he can utilize on a guy like if he has Kofi Coburn on him. Or, you know, when they play Wisconsin and Tyler Wall, you know, where he can he has the advantage. Against bigger guys, he likes to face up. You know, yeah. we saw that in the um I'm trying to think what they put Northwestern game. Um, you know, whoever if they had a bigger guy on him. Because they would put a, uh, they were putting Elijah Williams on him some, and Elijah Williams had some success early on in the game. But Elijah Williams is a big body dude, yeah. 
And EJ Liddell was able, you know, he started facing up a little bit more, you know. So I think he, he's just he's a very, very intelligent player in terms of his just knowing what when to back you down, when to face you up, when to take you out a little bit, you know, maybe drive you on the closeout from the three point line. He's an improved three point shooter. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a ton of fun to watch just because you can tell he studies the game. What role do you think Jamari Wheeler's transfer to Ohio State has played with the Ohio State defense this year? No, he's been everything to this team. I mean, you talk about just his leadership, his presence, right? I mean, I think he's the glue that holds this team together. And so, like, you know, Ohio State fans might get mad. You know, he shoots one of four, you know, has three points three rebounds, two assists. And they're like, oh, you know, we need more from our point guard. But it's like, you know, he does the stuff that doesn't show up on the uh, box score. You know, he disrupts, you know, Alonzo Verge, you know, gets him out of rhythm. You know, he disrupts Boo Booey. You know, he, he's able to do things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And he's just – he's an incredible leader. You, you could tell just his, his court presence and how the guys look to him and – you know, bringing the huddles together, you know, those things are invaluable to a basketball team. You know, I, I know Chris Holtman has said that he wants Jamari Wilder to shoot more. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that. I think he does need to shoot more and needs to be more aggressive. But I think Buckeye fans need to, you know, be appreciative because when you when he leaves, you guys are going to miss him a ton. Is a great little next guy or next piece after CJ Walker because Walker was is a different player, not the defensive mm-hmm. leader or defensive player that Jamari Wheeler is. But Jamari Wheeler saw a hole at Ohio State, saw a need. Chris Holtman said, "Hey, we can utilize you right now." Jamari Wheeler said in the offseason he wants to be Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He mm-hmm. might be on the right track to get that role, get that award because defensively, you talk about the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. I think recently it may have been against Northwestern. He had four or five steals recently. And these are these aren't just like, oh, I'm getting these in transition. No, like he's assisting, he's doubling down, getting uh, quick hands that way, or trying to get somebody in the corner on once they get across half court. He's mm-hmm. very, very intelligent. His intelligence, I think, has to raise a level of defense for the team at Ohio State throughout portions of the season. And he does it at crucial moments too. Yes. Like yes. the crucial, like the moments where you Ohio State needs to stop. He comes up with a steal, comes up with a rebound. Like, he'll be quiet, you know, because, you know, Branham's doing his thing. Liddell's doing his thing. Justin Arns is knocking down shots. But then at that crucial moment, you know, where there's five or six minutes left, you know, you need a stop. You know, he's going to lock down Boo Boo. He's going to lock down Alonzo Burge. He's going to lock down, you know, whoever, uh, Chucky Hepburn, you know, maybe even Johnny Day, you know, He'll do whatever it takes to win, you know, at the crucial moment. So, I mean, those guys are invaluable, man. Like those, that's what it takes to to make a run in March, to have those kind of leaders on your team in the single elimination tournament. Hey, Buckeye fans, this is Jay Stevens with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas Every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump 
anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE, that's S-C-O-R-E, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card or amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code score to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code score s-c-o-r-e Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, and it's all one word. To get started, from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're here with Trey Demps from the Big Ten Network talking Ohio State basketball, transitioning into the Wisconsin game, which is played tonight. Wisconsin, the last time they played, there was a double-digit 15-plus loss that they suffered to Ohio State that wasn't Columbus. Johnny Davis was, man, doing what at times whatever he wanted to, but once he kind of slowed down, Wisconsin didn't really have another answer to keep up with the firepower that Ohio State had in that game. But you mentioned something about Malachi Branham comparing him to Johnny Davis, and I remember in this game, Branham started, and Chris Holtman said, okay, you're going to go up against their best player. You're going to guard him. I don't care your I don't care if you're a freshman. I, you're going to guard him. And Branham got he got torched at the beginning. Like yes. you're a true freshman going up against a guy that's one of the best players in the conference. But I do think, as you mentioned, their playing style. I think Branham kind of learned a little bit from that game and said, I could put some of his tools into my bag as a freshman. And it's part of the reason why he had 35 points earlier. I wonder how that matchup, if they're matched up tonight, I wonder how those two battle battle it out on the court. Because they're really good players. One's more experienced, but those two guys together battling it out, that'll be a fun matchup to watch. No, absolutely, man. And yeah, that was that was a that was a strange game because you know, coming into that game, that was the talk like, oh, Branham's a great defender. And he's going up against John. How's Johnny Davis gonna do against a great defender? I, even though Branham is young. Yeah. And then, like you said, man, Branham, I mean, uh Johnny Davis torched him. <laughs> and if you remember who they put on him, they had to put Michi Johnson on him. Michi Johnson yes. actually did a really good job. Yes. On Johnny Davis. Now, I thought that changed the course of the game. Yes. But yeah, man, anytime like you get torched like that, especially as a young player, like when I played, you know, I went up like a guy who used to torch me. I don't know if Big Ten fans but was the guy like uh, Roy Devin Marble. Okay. Like I was a younger player. He was a little bit bigger than me, kind of like this, this matchup a little bit. He used to just torch me, man. He used to take me to the block and just have his way you know what i mean and so but as a competitor as a player man you you're itching for that next opportunity man and i know Branham is and now that he's got his confidence he's knocking down shots i expect this to be a big time matchup man because Branham competes 
You know what I mean? He, you, you can tell he's not going to shock from the moment. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he could break Johnny Davis's 15-point plus streak tonight or uh, this game. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think he will. I think he might. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to call it right here on the show. I think Johnny Davis is going to score less than 15 points, maybe 14. <laughs> but I think that Malachi Brandon's going to do a really good job on him, make him be high volume, and uh, lead Ohio State to the win. To the win. I'm curious as you say that because I was going to get to that later on. Oh, my but, bad, my bad. No, 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 no. We can jump the gun a little bit. It's okay. We'll just roll right through with whatever comes through. You're saying the win. Why do you think Ohio State beats Wisconsin when Wisconsin is at home? I think because I, I I didn't necessarily like the way Wisconsin finished that game out against Maryland. I thought, okay. you know, because one of the things about Wisconsin, man, is like offensively, like when you look at the statistics, they're one of the worst teams in all of college basketball, right? When you, they're the last in field goal percentage in the Big Ten, last in effective field goal. Like if you look at all the statistics, yeah. they're like yeah. last in everything. And the way that Ohio State is playing offensively right now, I think Ohio State has to improve defensively a little bit. I think over two of the last three games, they've given up like 83 points a game. So they got to improve. But I just really struggle. Or I really think that because of the way Wisconsin struggled in that Maryland game, I think it's going to carry over to Ohio. Because that's what happens a lot of times. If you kind of have those bad habits – in the second half of the game, it's going to carry over to that next game, especially if you find a way to win it. Because then it's like you think, oh, you know, well, we still won. A, one, a W is a W. But I think um, in this game, I think Ohio State is going gonna, is gonna to have success. Um, and I think Wisconsin might have a little bit of a hard time scoring the ball. Yeah, that's, that is true. I know Ohio State has a little issue at times with self-imposed turnovers. They have them at home. If you haven't met home, a lot of times those things travel with you on the road and they're more exposed on the road in road environments. That's one thing that I think makes me a little nervous about this game. I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll see another a performance like we saw against Indiana. Indiana's defense is not the normal defense you're going to see. Mike Woodson mm -hmm. is translating all of his NBA knowledge to these college kids. And, it's, and these guys are playing, I think, the best brand of basketball they have played at Indiana since a lot of these guys have been there. They're a lot of fun to watch. But I think those self-imposed turnovers always make me nervous because you never know what Ohio State is going to do if they're going to keep having these self-imposed turnovers. Where they have a guy like um, Davis and then Davison at Wisconsin, either one of those guys could torch you or get hot at any given moment and really hurt you because you're hurting yourself. Do you think those self-imposed turnovers are something that we'll see tonight in this game? Yeah, it's something to definitely look for. I think – I think it's bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why, because you you look at who has a lot of turnovers this year, it's EJ Liddell. Yes, I think I don't know if he's still averaging around three. That's high for a big. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the themes of this this Ohio State team is a lot of times they're overly reliant on throwing the ball into the post, right, and playing through the post. And a lot of times your offense gets stagnant. So you're swinging around, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, oh, nothing there, swinging to another guard, looking, looking, looking. And so then eventually a guard has to come and kind of penetrate out of the blue, you know, where it's not expected. And the help side is already set in the half-court setting. And so then you get a turnover like that. So I think that's something like big picture I think you have to look at. I think even though Bradham has come on as of late, 
I think they still have to get a little bit more from their guards, from guys like Arns, Michi Johnson, you know, Jamari Wheeler on the offensive end, because that's going to be the key, right, is that their offense not be so predictable where they're trying to throw it in and then kind of get those turnovers or EJ Liddell gets the turnover. Last question for you, little thought here is you're a former player. I'm sure you've had those moments where you've had cold streaks where it seems like your jump shot or the bucket is, you know, the ball is not going into the basket as frequently as you're used to. Justin Arns is in the middle of one of those cold streaks right now. Will this be the night that he breaks through and, and just gets hot and he just hits three or four or five threes in a row? I'm going to say no, and here's why. Because Wisconsin the, has – Unbelievable. Outside of Indiana, I think Wisconsin's man-to-man on-ball defense is the best outside yeah. of Indiana, mm-hmm. right? Because as you said, Indiana's defense is on a whole nother level. But I think when you look at how Justin Arns gets shots, he gets shots from guys getting in the lane, getting past their men and kicking it out. And then Justin Arns will get the open three. But this Wisconsin defense is so sound one with one-on-one defense Mm-hmm. That it's going to be hard for him to get open looks. Do I think he'll? He, I think he'll knock down maybe a couple. I don't think it's a night that he gets hot. I think yeah. a night for him to get hot is you know I thought Northwestern he got some really good looks that he just missed, but it's like teams like that where you're going to constantly kind of have those advantages. You know what I mean? Or like a a Nebraska or you know a team that's just not as good defensively. I just think Wisconsin's a little bit too good defensively. I think that. You know, they and Wisconsin doesn't double on the post either defensively. They play one on one. They let Stephen Crow and Tyler Wall guard one on one. So that's another way that Justin Arms gets a ton of open looks. So I think that's going to be something to look for because EJ Liddell, you know, punked them as well um, in that game, especially yeah. Tyler Wall. So uh, that's going to be a match to look at, see how EJ Liddell goes, you know, if he can do it again, you know, with Wisconsin playing one on one defense in the post. Trey, man, this has been a lot of fun. we got to have you back on the show down the road. If you could let people know where they can catch you on Twitter in case they want to follow along as you're watching Big Ten basketball. Yes, sir. Yep, Trey Demps 14. You can catch me, Big Ten Network. I'm on there a lot Thursdays and Fridays, some Saturdays. So if you want to catch me on there as well, I'll be on the network. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 We'll be locked in for the game against Wisconsin. I'm excited about it. I'm sure Trey will be locked in watching Big Ten basketball. And it's going to be a good game. Will Brandon go off? Will Justin Arns get a stroke back? Will EJ Liddell have another career day? We'll have to wait and see what happens when the Buckeyes face the Badgers in a big-time matchup. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 